Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Run it. What's up, guys? Welcome to Lightweights. My name is Joe. That's Felipe. And today we have a very special guest, Mr. W. He is a professor, a teacher, (laughs) if you will, an Mm -hmm. educator of high school history. Yes, indeed. indeed. Uh, Try to just keep like two inches from the mic. For sure. We're going to be going (laughs) full speed, full throttle. We wanted to talk to... Someone a lot smarter than us for a while now, and it's finally <laughs> happened. You know, I'm going to be honest. When Joe told me uh, we were going to have a history teacher on, yeah. I expected like a 55-year-old dude with like gray hair to walk right. in. You know what I mean? But you are my age, yeah. which is fucking dope. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. I feel like we can vibe much more and mm. also learn from you at the same time. You know, Whereas 55-year-old man, I don't know if I would vibe with so Hopefully, much. Hopefully, yeah. I yeah. left my, my tweed coat. Uh, at home, my, my monocle at home. Uh, <laughs> went for a more casual look today. What do you wear to school? Like, what's your uh, attire? Usually, like, polo. Like, basically, what I would wear golfing is kind of like what I would wear to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, uh, it's a casual vibe. I don't have to dress up, which is nice. You're what? the cool teacher, too, right? Uh, I'd like to think so. Because you're younger than most of the other teachers? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We In our department, we have a pretty young department, but um, uh, definitely on the younger end of that young department. U.S. History? Yeah, this year teaching U.S. history. So U.S. history was the only subject, I swear to God, in high school. I mean, honestly, ever probably, aside mm-hmm. from business, that I fucking loved. Like, yeah. loved. And I got, I remember this, I got a 98% mm-hmm. my first semester. <laughs> and my second semester, I got a 99%. Dang. So I actually love history. Mm-hmm. And it's the only subject that I can brag about being good at. For sure. Uh, well, actually, we'll test that theory today, but uh, everything else I sucked at. Like, I kind of find that usually people are one of two ways. They're either like history and English oriented, and they're good at those subjects, or they're math and science. Uh-huh. Uh, and I was definitely history and English, definitely not math and science. Yeah, me either. Yeah. Me either. I mean, I failed uh, I failed my last math class in high school, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure I failed my last science class in high school, too. So Now that the semesters of schools are starting back up, mm-hmm. you're getting a first impression of Ilya. We've met a few times. Mm-hmm. What kind of students do you think we would be? Uh, immediately on the seating chart, probably separate sides of the classroom. <laughs> um, and I'm going to position you so that not just separate sides, but like ones in the front, ones in the back, so that you don't have eye contact. Oh, we can't even look at each other. That would be ideal, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, I can see that. Do <laughs> you think who'd, okay. who'd be more of a distraction to the whole class? I mean, I just met you, Ilya, so I'm right, not, right. I'm not, I'm telling you, probably me. Yeah. 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 You know, you said you got 99% though in, in history. This would probably so. be the one class you'd focus in. Mm. Yeah. You'd be excited for this one. The other thing is that my teacher that I had for mm. history was phenomenal. Mm. Like a jokester, but in a way still taught everything through sure. his jokes. Yeah. So that's why I, re- I really, really liked it. Do you mm. teach high school? Yeah, I do. High school. Okay, so that's so dope. I think that's like the coolest. Yeah. I think that's the coolest range of of age to teach because you have uh you have mature people now, right? Not completely, yeah. but at least you're able to have a, a grown up conversation with 
you know, a sophomore or a junior. Whereas 100%. like in middle school, it's kind of like, you know. Yeah, 100%. 100%. It becomes like, there's definitely times where I feel like I'm, uh, you know, uh, uh, babysitting to a certain extent. But yeah. um, but no, you're 100% right. Like they're, as high school students, able to engage in like really intelligent conversations. A lot of times they bring stuff up that I've never even heard about. So uh, that's certainly one of the, the pluses of teaching at the high school Do level. Do any of your kids listen to the Lightways podcast? Not that I'm aware of, but I guess we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll find out. No, no, I don't know. I, I really doubt it, but um, <laughs> you walk into class, everyone's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Listen, no. hopefully it'll just add uh you know cool points or something yeah that maybe I, can, that I, I hope so <laughs> <laughs> talking about the things that kids are talking to you about mm. and i saw on tiktok this event in history that happened and mm. you brought it up mm. so how world war ii led to the largest crocodile attack on humans in history yeah what is what? It? yeah yeah so okay it's a, a bit of a clickbait title because uh, essentially, the story goes that, like, I think it was 1945, so towards the end of World War II, uh, you have an island off of Burma, now Myanmar, uh, called Ramri, which I'm certainly mispronouncing. Uh, and the story goes that, you know, Japanese troops are fighting against the Allied powers. They start to retreat. They go into this, like, mangrove lagoon type of thing. Uh, and the story is that, like, a thousand go in and 20 come out. Uh, and the idea was that crocodiles had eaten most of these. Japanese soldiers. Now, if it's true, it's the biggest animal attack on human beings in history ever. Um, chances are, though, it is not true. Oh, uh, what? Yeah. So the the thing is, and the way that they disproved it, I thought was actually also pretty interesting um, because it is like ecologically impossible for a thousand crocodiles to be supported in that like one lagoon like there's just not enough like animals for that to have happened um so in reality probably like 20 soldiers got eaten but the thing that i always think about is even if it was just one like i would be thinking about that every time i step foot in water above ankle height if i was in you know, fighting in the Pacific somewhere. Yeah. yeah. I feel like crocodiles are like really slow too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like for a thousand people. Yeah, but you got to think you're, you've been fighting. You might be shot. You might be sick. Right. You know, it's late in the war too. So chances are you're not like fresh from the, the training grounds. Like you've been, you know, moved across the Pacific now for years. Uh, and you're just trying to retreat in the dark, no less too. Um, so, you know, it's not just like a one crocodile and you have to run away from it. You know, you're, you're wading in the water, uh, bleeding out and all that. Totally, so, totally. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. It's not, it's, it's crazy. Cause like I, I, well, let me ask you guys this. If you were fighting in a war, where would be your like worst environment to fight in? The, the cold. cold, the cold. Yes. Okay. Woo! I fucking hate the cold. Okay. Even if I'm not in warfare, I just, <laughs> yeah. if even if I'm in a coat and sweater, yeah. walking around, I fucking hate the cold. Okay. So we're not stationing you on the Eastern front. No, no, Russia no. I mean, somewhere. no, fuck no. I, I mean, literally anywhere where it's warm, I, I can handle wet, warm. I don't give a shit, but okay. just not cold. Yeah. It's interesting because for most of the people that fought in the Pacific, like by the end of that whole process, that was their own personal hell. The heat the the dampness it's like raining all the time yeah, you yeah. are Humidity never is crazy yeah never dry you got bugs snakes crocodiles uh disease um just insane like environments you're going from lagoon to mountains to jungle um so as much as i agree like i don't like to be cold i don't think i'd want to fight uh anywhere in the pacific in world war ii for that reason alone. yeah yeah but, okay i'm gonna ask this question just because it's on, on top yeah, of my head right now mm -hmm. i just thought of it do you think that hitler escaped do I think that he escaped? Yes. I do not. You think he's dead? 
I'm pretty sure he died. died. Yeah. And and in that moment in 1945. From that yeah. story. In the, the bunker, shot himself. I mean, there's, you know, evidence to back this up, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm, I've just, I'm like a huge conspiracy junkie. Oh, okay. I'm I, not saying that I believe in yeah. it, but, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've watched a lot of videos where they show photos or potentially photos of, of Hitler uh-huh. in the bunker, but it's not actually Hitler. It's a lookalike because Hitler hired lookalikes. Okay. And at the end of the day, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, who actually knows? Do you know what I mean? Like, sure, yeah. Who actually knows? He could have totally disappeared. He could have totally changed his identity. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was just I was they curious. Just, they just found someone in the last couple of weeks, I think, uh, or or they tr- uh, prosecuted, tried a Nazi, former Nazi, who's like 100 years old. And they like... That's you know, fucking crazy how you yeah, can still go to, to court. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. After that long. Right. Well, that's what I, that's what makes me think that Hitler is definitely dead. Is we would have for sure found him, right? Like you know, like if if someone moves next door in 1946 <laughs> and he's <laughs> yeah he's German <laughs> and he's got like you know a very white lip here because he recently shaved or something, I think that you're probably gonna be huh. you know keeping an eye out on them. I I feel like he would have been caught. So part of me like wants to believe the conspiracy mm. but at the same time like you know he's better off dead obviously yeah so yeah <laughs> when people have conspiracies in class mm-hmm. and you know like what you know do you try and steer them in the right direction of like debunking it or do you just yes. kind of let them you do no 100% i mean i feel like that's my responsibility at that point i can't let them leave thinking that Hitler's running around somewhere <laughs> or or that the moon landing didn't happen right, or something right. like you that you think it happened Moon landing? Yes. All yeah. Right. All right. I'm a general. I, 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 Where's the proof? Oh, okay. okay. To be fair, I mean, not to undercut <laughs> my entire. He's about to shut us down so bad. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh... Not to undercut my entire profession, but like I teach about things that I read up on and study from other trusted sources. Technically, I have never seen much of what I'm talking about myself. Right. I haven't seen the documents myself. Um, but you can go down a dangerous road like that. Have you ever been in space and confirmed that the Earth is, in fact, you know, a globe, not flat? You know, no. You haven't done that yourself. But you believe, I assume you are not a flat earther. Uh, what? No, I, 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 I don't know. Shut up, <laughs> yeah. actually. Oh. No, I mean, I, I would assume the Earth is round, you know. But I really haven't done, like, that much digging into it, you know. Mm. So I, I, I can't say for sure. But I would assume it's round just based on, like, when I'm looking outside of a fucking aircraft, there's a curvature. Yeah, sure. I, I feel like to do history, to study history, uh, you have to have a degree of um, trust in the resources that you're looking into. But you also have to realize that, like, you're never going to have the story 100% perfect because it's filtered through people, years, decades, yeah. centuries. Um, you know, so it's never going to be a hundred percent perfect. We get a rough idea. September 11. What do you think? I am not a conspiracy theorist when it comes to September 11th either. You think it happened? I think it happened. I don't you think don't it was an inside job. You know? <laughs> I think it happened. But <laughs> okay. I think it, I, I, from what I've, I've done a shitload of research. Mm-hmm. I think it was a controlled demolition. You think so? Yeah. What makes you think that? Uh, there's videos and there's, I mean, a ton of evidence that shows like even if you look at the the towers collapsing, you mm-hmm. see like every ten floors there's like a I don't know what it's called, but it's like a it's like a bomb going off. Yeah, an explosion. An explosion going off. Yeah, every ten floors, and you can see the um, I don't know what it's called, but anyways, you can see like an explosion going off every ten yeah. floors. And I don't have the evidence obviously in front of me, but 
there's a ton of evidence that shows that that was the case. Interesting. Yeah. What makes you believe that over like the standard narrative that terrorists took it over? Yeah. Well, so there's evidence to back that up too, right? It's like sure. No terrorist would be skilled enough to fucking fly a plane into a tower. Like that's number one. And there's they didn't have to learn how to land though. They just had to learn how to fly it. Right, but <laughs> to to learn how to fly a Boeing. 737 or whatever it is like that aircraft isn't easy to fly and maneuver into a tower like that human beings are dedicated though they're they're relentless if they want to do something right i I feel like it you know they if they wanted to take over that plane you know they would have prepped for it and they would have figured out a way to do it no no i'm not i'm sure that you could take over a plane yeah i think taking over the plane is the easy part but i i from what i've read upon i'm not a fucking pilot so i don't know you know but from what i've read on uh it's not easy to 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 descend and to turn a plane into a tower yeah. like they did. Mm. Joe, but, are you conspiracy theorist? Uh, on some things, but not on that. Mm. I mean, I mean, flight simulators and just practice. Oh right, yeah, I forgot. Like Microsoft Flight Simulator yeah. is like a big thing. My right. friend's dad knows how to fly planes. A seven thirty seven. Yep. Into a tower. Has he tried? <laughs> That's what I thought. All right, you would. <laughs> I question about the White House. What okay. kind of safe rooms are there? Is there mm. like bunkers under there that are like completely concreted? Mm. Do you know any of that? I I don't know. I uh, I assume so. I do know that like uh, I've read up on how you know they they don't ever put the entire administration in like one location, right? They so try and separate them. They separate them, and I think we should I, do that for our pod just in case too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, keep this going in separate rooms, just in case something terrible happens. Never you don't want both of you, right? No. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I'm certain that they have all sorts of bunkers that are going to keep uh, you know the president and the entire administration safe if need be. I mean, have you been to the White House? Yeah, when I was a kid. There's like a, like a fence, right? That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't leave that up to. I wouldn't say that. Okay, the fence has got it covered. We don't need a bunker. You know? Right. Certain there's a bunker. Hundred percent. Have you ever seen the the weapons that they have to protect the White House? Like they have like anti-air missiles on the roof and like sure yeah. Are like, you talking about the Gerard Butler movie? Or are you talking about in real life? <laughs> no, real life. There's like a video. There's a there's a YouTube video that shows like all the weapons that they have. Yeah, yeah. Enemy of the state. You haven't seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What yeah. do they have? I don't know. That's that's the only thing I know. But they, I know they have like crazy protection against the White House that they can detect aircraft from like fucking hell far away. Well, you're not getting close to it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely not. Can I tell you guys my favorite history anecdote? Please. Yeah. Okay, so also World War II, if that's all right. Story of a guy named Hiro Onoda. Uh, so he's a, a Japanese soldier, uh, you know, that is serving his country in World War II. Uh, and he's like any other Japanese soldier, super committed, down with the cause. Um, all, in all likelihood, like many Japanese at the time, believed that Emperor Hirohito was a living god. So not just a human being, not just like at the top of the political hierarchy, but is a god. Was that yeah. the president at the time? That he so the emperor was like the if you were to look at like a political hierarchy of Japan, he's at the top of the pyramid. Oh, uh, got it. Yeah. Did you say that? Yeah, he's top of the top of the hierarchy. I but anyway, trouble it, listening. All good. Um, so anyway, so Hironoda, he's stationed in the Philippines, uh, and he is essentially given the task on one of the islands in the Philippines uh, to hold down the fort. You know, you're protecting this this hill. Don't give it up, no matter what. And he fulfills that task. 
This episode is sponsored by Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning platform available on desktop or as an app, and that it truly immersifies you in the language that you want to learn. Maybe you have an upcoming international trip or you want to connect with a family or a friend. I know a lot of people who want to learn a new language just to pick up a new hobby. I can personally attest to this as I used Rosetta Stone when I went to Italy for my honeymoon. It helped me brush up on the Italian that I learned back in school and I was able to get through the land and speak the native language. It made it so much more fun, plus my wife loved it. They're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish. There's no English translation, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language. Plus, there's lifetime membership and access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off a steal. Don't put off that language learning. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Lightweight's podcast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language learning courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. It's the Joe Guarantee. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking we could pull one of the best autographs in the game. But guess what? With zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com. The only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. What I love is the display of the available cards, the hit rates, and the grading. Arena is a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying. And with Arena Club Slab Packs, they're revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your pulls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. You can have them officially graded by Arena Club. The Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent, with a full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash lightweights. Wow, that's a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's $40 right there. Anyways, go to arenaclub.com slash lightweights for 10% off your first purchase. Uh, over the course of the war, um, eventually he surrenders in 1974. When does World War II end? 1951. 1945. 1945. So this guy continued to guard and like man his post in the Philippines for almost 30 years after the fact. And the Philippine, uh, Philippine government, the Japanese government, the Allied powers tried multiple times to get him to come down the hill. They like dropped leaflets on him saying, hey, hero, the war's over. Uh, time to come down the mountain. And him and his men like looked at these leaflets and were like, ah, Allied propaganda. Like, wow. the, yeah, this is not not true. He eventually they, you know, they abandoned the, the pamphlet route and they end up dropping like newspapers on him. And so he gets like a newspaper. that's like, oh, like it's 1964 that the Olympics are happening in Tokyo hero. It's time to come home. Refuses. Doesn't do it. The whole time, by the way, he's like killing farmers and killing cows <laughs> out in the, the countryside of the Philippines. They end up having to get his um, former commanding officer to come from Tokyo over back to the Philippines. Uh, it turns out he's like a bookkeeper by the 1970s. And they bring him back uh, up the mountain for him to like honorably discharge Hiro. At the time, Hiro turns over like his Aris uh, Arisica uh, rifle, a couple of handguns, a couple of grenades, 
and a dagger that his mom gave him, uh, which he basically said, if you get captured by the enemy, use this to kill yourself. Like, that's the mindset for some of these soldiers. And he wasn't even the last one. Oh, this is a true story. True story. He was Holy the, fucking he, he was shit. the second to last Japanese soldier to surrender. Yeah, I, I, I've heard a story about yeah. a Japanese soldier... Not a similar story, not knowing that the war is over. Yeah. But he was alone in the situation. Sure. He was in a forest, right? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they found him like fucking years later. Yeah. Well, that, that's the the crazy thing too, is like it's not even that hero didn't know. He was being told, but just refused wouldn't accept to believe. It. Yeah. yeah, he's like the Japan that I know wouldn't give up. Like they would never surrender. That's uh, fucking crazy. Yeah. It's wild. To have that that mental state of yeah. like dedication and like Yeah. Yeah, it's wicked. It's not. I mean, it's I think wicked. of all the time. Like, if there's a draft, I'm gonna leave the country. Yeah. While these guys are fighting 30 years after uh, the war has officially I mean, ended. Yeah. So some people just really believe in the cause. Yeah. You know, it's nuts. Just like our fans believe in lightweights. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you back fight for 30 years uh, for the lightweight podcast? I don't know. Let's ask the fans. <laughs> <laughs> um, why was World War One? Why did World War One begin as a result of a botched assassination attempt? Okay, uh, have you heard of Franz Ferdinand? Not yep. the not the, the band. band. Oh no, not the band. <laughs> the guy. Yeah. So he's the Archduke of Austria-Hungary uh, back at the beginning of World War One. Um, and a lot of context. Long story short, essentially the Balkan Peninsula, like where um, uh, Bosnia is, uh, was more or less annexed and controlled by Austria-Hungary. Um, and at this time, there's this guy called or named Gabriel Princep, who is a Serbian nationalist, and he hates the fact uh, that his country is kind of under the thumb of the Austrian-Hungarian Empire. Uh, and sure enough, Arctic Franz Ferdinand decides to take a trip to uh, Sarajevo, which is the capital of Bosnia at the time, um, with his wife. Uh, and Princep decides, hey, you know what? Time to get this anger out of my system that you know the the Austrian Archduke is here I'm gonna take care of business so him and a bunch of uh, his pals get together and they're going to attempt to assassinate Archduke Franz Ferdinand uh, Ferdinand is driving through the city in like a top-down convertible you know waving to his adoring fans and all that uh, Princep ends up uh, taking a grenade and they like throw it at the car uh, it bounces off the hood has like a 10 second delay um, by the time it explodes, the Archduke and his wife have driven well past it and are completely fine. Like another car gets exploded, but the, the assassination does not work. So, you know, okay, Princep realizes that he screwed up. That might have been his only chance to kill the Archduke uh, that he had. So he ends up going to a bar later that afternoon, just having a drink, kind of, you know, drowning his sorrows, so to speak. And who happens to pull up outside of the bar in that same top down convertible car? but Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Once again, he pulls up in front of the very bar that Princep was at. The car actually like stalls out by some reports, and Princep, realizing this is his second opportunity, gets up, takes out a pistol, walks out to the car, and shoots the Archduke uh. and his wife uh, in the uh, car. So why that starts World War One is, as a result of this, Austria-Hungary freaks out and says, this is an outrage, we're gonna move in and uh, you know take over even more of the Balkan territory. Um, this sets up a series of like alliances or sets off a series of alliances where Russia comes in and says, uh, not so fast, if you do that, we're gonna attack you. And then Germany says, Russia, if you attack uh, Austria-Hungary, then we're gonna attack you. And it, it triggers all these alliances, thus starting the First World War. But uh, how many opportunities do you think you'd have in an assassination? Princep gets two in one day. Uh, it makes the second one count. Yeah, I didn't know that. I thought it was just a one and done. 
I thought mm. he shot him in the car. No. Yeah. While he was driving, but I didn't realize that. First yeah. grenade doesn't go off. Wow. But he gets a second opportunity. Have you ever so. been to Austria? Uh, I have actually. Yeah, I went to Vienna. Yeah, me too. I went. Uh, mm. I went last year, and we stood where Hitler gave his uh, famous speech. Oh no way! Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's a museum. Maybe it's a mm. museum now, but it's that terrace. That that huge, huge terrace. Sure. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Where um, there's like fifty thousand people. He gave that spacing on the name of the location, but yeah. Uh, Checks out for sure. That, yeah, that's, it was that's fucking dope. cool. It was really eerie, but it was really, really, it was really cool. I went on a trip um, in college through Poland and Austria, um, and it was like a joint effort through the history and Jewish studies department um, at the college I went to, and they uh, took us through all sorts of like World War II era, um, you know, historical sites and stuff like that. Have you been to a concentration camp? Yeah, I went to Auschwitz while I was on that trip. Oh wow! Yeah, it was. That's crazy. It was insane. So surreal. Got, no, I I want to visit. Yeah, sounds so fucked up to say, but yeah, no, I want to see. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's it's um, I I don't know if you can like really get the same understanding of it reading it in a book. I mean, you get pretty close. I don't want to like dismiss people who like study it, but going there is like a on another level, right? Seeing it, um, and the. Auschwitz now is uh, it turned into you know a historic site. It's a museum, I guess you would classify right. it. Um, and they've got parts of it where you walk in and there's like still, you know, the piles of glasses and the that boots. were collected. The yeah. Boots. The one that really tripped me out was there's um, a pile of hair that was like shaved off of people that they kept there that Fuck. they have. So I mean, seeing that just gives a, a whole other level of. Um, you know, respect for the the tragedy that occurred, obviously, in the Holocaust. But yeah, yeah it's it wild. Wow. Yeah. Pivot out of that. Pivot out of that. <laughs> um, we had one other thing. Yeah. How war, how the Civil War killed the game cricket in the yeah. U.S. and made baseball America's sport. Okay, so this one uh, I literally just learned this week. I'm listening to this other history podcast. That's what I do with my spare time. I listen to history podcasts. Um, you also have your own. Do you I do. Plug it? I do want to plug it. Should we plug it at the end? I feel like plug it now. Drop oh, it now. Yeah, yeah. All right. When we return, I'll talk about the Civil War and cricket. Uh, my other podcast, not history related at all. Um, it's called Lads Who Pod, uh, and it's part of our group called Lads Who Game. Uh, the quick pitch is that we are a video game book club uh, where we, me and my two buddies, uh, we'll get together, we'll pick a game, uh, we'll play it together, and then we discuss it. Um, we originally started by just like writing essentially essays about our thoughts on the game or some component of it, which we publish on our website, ladsugame.com. Um, <laughs> but we recently started doing podcasts as well, which has been really fun. So you can find it on all you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, under Lads Who Pod. We just released an episode within the last week on Disco Elysium. You ever play that game? No. What's no. the game that you love? Red Dead? Oh. Far Cry. Oh, Far Cry. Far Cry. Okay. On my list. There's a lot of them, right? Have you played Far Cry? I've never played them. Far Cry is fucking amazing. But there's a bunch of them, right? Which one? Would my you're... favorite one is Far Cry 3, but it's kind of old. It's from like 2012. Okay. It's kind of old. Oh, yeah, no. That's fine by me. We we like to try and do a mix of like the topical games, but then also go back and play some of the classics. So Gauntlet Legends? Was that? Gauntlet Legends? Gauntlet Legends? No. You're going to expose me. I'm, I'm a fake fan of video games. I've never heard of this. That was the best one. And What's then this? SOCOM US Navy SEALs and Halo. Okay. Halo I got for yeah. sure. <laughs> Skyrim? Sky. Oh, so many hours in Skyrim. Starcraft? I yeah. uh, didn't play Starcraft. I'm interested. That's like a PC game, right? Yeah. I love yeah. that one. I the just, Sims? Oh, yeah. Sim, Sims for sure. 
Yeah, hundred percent. I just built a PC, so I should check out uh, StarCraft now that I've got the actual ability to play it. But yeah. Uh, anyway, check out the podcast. It's great. Um, thanks for letting me plug it. Um, cricket. Yeah. So I just learned this on this other podcast I was listening to. Do you got? Are you familiar with like cricket at all? Mm-hmm. So you, that, you have this. No. <laughs> you're gonna try to explain. You have yeah. the stick and you hit the ball with it. Yeah. There's like maybe Ilya, you know better than I do, but there's yeah. like sticks. Uh, behind you as a batter and then someone like bowls the ball at you more or less and bounces it off the ground you try to hit it and then at the same time you're trying to avoid it knocking over your sticks behind you or something like that that's as much as i know all right cool very comprehensive look at cricket but the key thing there is that you have to bounce the ball off the ground as Um, the pitch as the pitch correct and the reason that the civil war kind of you know, changes things for American cricket and pushes Americans closer or, or more over to the baseball side of things in terms of our preferred sport is that uh, soldiers would often play cricket uh, while they were moving around, you know, from camp to camp and stuff. But the problem is that you need like a nice clean pitch to play cricket correctly. And you rarely are going to find like a pristine patch of grass when yeah. you're moving battlefield to battlefield. So cricket was just like not possible to play possible to play it wasn't easy to play so baseball though you're throwing the ball you're not bouncing it off of anything um and that is one of the biggest reasons why out of the civil war more and more americans start to move towards baseball as their preferred sport i think in like the late 1850s as late as like just a year or two before the civil war When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There were like British cricket teams coming over and playing like exhibition mat uh, matches of cricket against Americans, but completely changes course after the Civil War. So it just comes down to you need a, a clean patch of grass to play it. Wow. Nah. It's Apparently like, baseball's quicker too, I guess. Mm. Yeah, that's so interesting how something so I don't know, unseen, I guess, can change can change like a a sport completely. You yeah. Know? Yeah, no, it's nuts. I had no idea. I thought baseball was just kind of baked into America, but not until after the Civil War, apparently. When did cricket start? Oh, God, I have no idea. What about baseball? Also, don't I'm not a baseball fan usually, so I kind of, that was was the thing, is like I never even considered a time before baseball in America. I just figured it it just came with it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, like after the American Revolution, they played a game of baseball or something, but I, I have no idea when either of those sports kind of really solidified. Huh. Interesting. What's your uh, what's your favorite topic to talk about regarding World War Two? Regarding World War Two? Yeah. So as my anecdotes suggest, I'm really into the Pacific theater in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, I just find I mean, I like Japanese history in general. And I find that the mindset that we were talking about with the Japanese soldiers is so just crazy to, to look at, especially because like I can't imagine being in that position of being so committed. So I, I like talking about the Pacific history in general though i really like i really like world war one actually between the two world wars really yeah it, it's kind of um it was a a bit of a, a like well-known fact at the school that i was hired at that one of the questions they would ask you in the hiring process was what was more important world war one or world war two and apparently if you said world war two you're just automatically taken out of the running 
Uh, wow. Because World War One, you know, you don't have a World War Two without. World yeah, it's War set the stage. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's nuts. I I think that uh, World War One is really uh, where it's at in terms of like interesting. Stuff. Okay. Favorite World War Two slash World War One mm-hmm. game and movie. Okay. So movie, I maybe a cheating answer. I really like I really like the Pacific. It's that the HBO series. mini series. Yeah, I've seen that. That's really yeah, good. That one's good. Um, one that uh, maybe isn't quite as well known is uh, there's a Studio Ghibli movie, like an animated movie called Grave of the Fireflies, uh-huh. which is about a um, a Japanese like teenage boy and his sister living um, in Kobe during American firebombing raids. Okay. Uh, and so it's just like a really it's a heartbreaking movie, super sad, but a really interesting look at like kind of the impact on civilians that that war had. And also again, from the Japanese perspective, which is interesting. So definitely would say those two are my favorite. In terms of game, my first game I ever had with my Xbox 360 was Call of Duty World at War. Fucking that, love that game, bro. So good. So good. Did, yeah. you, did you know that they put that map into the new Modern Warfare game? Oh, I didn't know that. So, Which one? Which map? The one on the beach. The, where you, you know you start your mission out, you're, hang, you're like tied, yep, your, yep, your hands yep, are tied yep. behind your back? Uh-huh. That map is in the new Modern Warfare. Oh, no way. Um, Warzone map, yeah. Oh, my God. That's awesome. It's fucking cool. Uh, my buddy great. showed me. He's like, I got to show you something. Like, in-game, he's yeah. talking to me. He's like, I got to show you something. We drive over there. Yeah. Um, he's like, do you recognize this? I'm like, oh, my God. I freaked the fuck out. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. I'm going to start crying. <laughs> that, game, that game is legendary. legendary. I lo- the level where you... Uh, are like picking up mortars and like just throwing them by hand. Yeah. Oh my god, so good. And you get uh, Such a good the game. first uh, iteration of Nazi zombies. Yes. It. Classic. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and like you got fucking limbs flying everywhere. Like you've never seen that before. For real. Yeah. You know? uh, when that game came out, I uh, this was like 2008. So I was like in eighth grade, and my mom definitely did not want me playing rated m games and i remember going to my friend's house and he's like you gotta check it out you gotta check it out i'm like i don't know about this i don't think i'm allowed to play this he's like check it out and so we like open up like a quick 1v1 you know multiplayer match uh and i remember putting down uh, a bouncing betty like landmine yeah. and then walking over it and it blew my leg off and the gore in that game is like really yeah. graphic and i remember saying like i can't play this i like censored myself from it. <laughs> <laughs> like my mom's gonna find out it's gonna be not good <laughs> But yeah, that That's game funny. is fantastic. My favorite, my favorite movie or my favorite scene from World War Two, mm-hmm. from any movie, is Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, the first twenty minutes when they're raiding the beach. Yep. I mean, it's I play that it's in class. Fucking art. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I'm sure you've heard like the stories of uh, uh, World War Two veterans that like left the theater. When they watch that for the first time, because it was like yeah, too realistic. Can't even imagine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like it's the best depiction of war. Yeah, on screen. What about uh, 1917? You see that movie? Yeah. Is I, that as accurate? I, I think so. Yeah, I've seen it one time. Uh, I know the whole like draw with that movie is it's like the single single shot. But oh my um, god, yeah, yeah. No, that was that was great. I got to see that again. But I, Saving Private Ryan is like too sad. Almost the scene where. Very uh, sad. The uh, the German soldier who they spare like comes back and stabs. Yep. Though I can't watch that anymore. Like fucking I've lost... crazy. Yeah. You know I I watched that movie probably six times until I caught on to that. Oh, that it was the same. Yeah. Soldier. And yeah. then when I caught on, I was like, oh, holy yeah. shit! Yeah. I was like, I discovered like a fucking Easter egg, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was like yeah, it was 
an unbelievable movie. Yeah, that's rough. I'll, one last shout out for World War II movies. I know it's not accurate at all, but Inglorious Bastards is so good. I, I've seen that. I saw that when I was younger. I didn't think it was that good because I don't think I was mature enough to understand. Yeah. But, it's a complete fantasy, but it's it's really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who's your favorite person in history? Oh, that's a good question. Favorite person in history? Okay, so my favorite person in history when I was in, like, high school um, it would probably be, like, Thomas Jefferson. Like, I was, I remember in high school, like, I had, like, my go-to, if I got asked that question, it would be, like, it's Thomas Jefferson, and it's because of the Louisiana Purchase, because it formed, like, half of the country or something like yeah. that. Nowadays, I really, like, distance myself from focusing on specific great people rather than just looking at historical trends in general. Um but to not leave you hanging too much, I think General MacArthur in World War II is a pretty fascinating character. He's like a egomaniac and a total like PR. He, he's wizard. the European general, right? No, or so he's the Pacific general. Pacific, yeah. He's got like the corncob pipe and the aviators and the hat, oh, which is like yeah. known as the MacArthur hat. Okay. Who's the general for Europe? Do you know? Eisenhower is probably who you're thinking of. Oh, he was a general for Europe. Yeah, he's like supreme commander of Allied forces. Oh, okay, like, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, but MacArthur is like. Um, so self-obsessed uh, and would have been a terrible person to have to work with, but super interesting to read about. I've read accounts that say that he would talk about himself in the third person. Like, <laughs> you like, should start. <laughs> That's really funny. Talk to Zila like that. You guys, Elliot has a meeting later at three. <laughs> That's really funny. I mean, you really, you must think you're the shit if you're, th if you're yeah. talking to yourself yeah. in third person. Yeah, I mean, he's like, MacArthur doesn't leave the Philippines behind. <laughs> You know, <laughs> MacArthur doesn't lose the fight. Yeah, I mean, that's fucking crazy. He's doing two more reps. Yeah, you know, like, I'm gonna start doing that. Yeah. That's great. Notoriously, is like hated by FDR during the war, and uh, again, a lot of the other like high-ranking Americans because he's just such a pain in the ass to work with. But, uh, but it's super interesting to read about as an individual. Uh, do you think that the attack on Pearl Harbor could have been prevented? Prevented. Um. I mean, Cause, yeah. From what I, from what I understand, yeah, we knew that there was going to be an attack, right? Right. Yeah. So there, I mean, we the Americans and the Japanese are like having conversations and like a dialogue about how to stop in, you know, an oncoming war between the two powers, yeah. like up until the last possible second. In fact, that's why the Americans view this we view this so much as like uh, a stab in the back and like a sneak attack is because we were like literally in. In you know, the process of having yeah. conversations and all that. So, I mean, do I think it could have been prevented? Probably not. I mean, the the kind of like simplified uh, main issue is that uh, Japan was expanding their empire. Uh, and to do that, they needed oil to like fuel their military machine. And the Americans, their number one provider of oil, cut them off. And so the Japanese basically said, like, you got to give us more oil. Otherwise, we're going to continue to expand to get it elsewhere. And America's like, don't expand, but we're not giving you oil until you stop expanding. So it's kind of like a circular you know, argument here. And I don't think either side was going to yield at that time. So I don't know how preventable it would have been by the time December 7th, 1941 rolls around. Like, I'm pretty sure that at that point it's... Yeah. It's going to happen. It's a pretty fucking barbaric concept mm -hmm. to take over another or to attempt to take over another piece of land. Yeah. That's not yours. That's right. clearly someone else's. Yeah. That's like think about like even the Russia Ukraine thing. Right. I don't know much about that topic, but for either country to attempt to take over 
someone else's land. Uh-huh. It's pretty fucking insane in this day and age, I feel like. You I, know mean, what I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned that because World War II really is that turning point. Yeah. Um, and it's it's this weird moment in history where, like, our collective values as, like, a race of, like, humans kind of shift, right? And we ha- are moving away from viewing conquering as an acceptable form of foreign policy. Nowadays, when you conquer other nations, you got to do it a lot more covertly and you usually do it through money and stuff. But yeah, um, I think you're totally right. Like seeing Russia invade Ukraine is such a shock because like nowadays you don't normally do do that. that. Not in, not in such a, uh, like obvious fashion like that, where you're moving troops into a country and stuff. But world war two is really where that starts to become like no longer cool. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back in the 1800s, I mean, that was great. Countries loved doing that. That was how you showed that you were a strong and powerful nation was to take over other nations. But you can't do that anymore uh, wow. for the best. But <laughs> totally, totally, totally. Yeah. Uh, do you have do you have kids in class that are clearly your favorites? You don't tell anybody. <laughs> I, I think back to the question you mentioned at the top of this is, do I have students who watch this show? And so I almost don't want to say, but I, I mean, you know, you're human beings, right? You're going to start to gravitate towards students who take an interest in your class and, and stuff, you know, but at the same time, you're a professional. So to the best of your ability, you got to try and keep your biases from preventing uh, their way into the, into the classroom. But have you ever sent anyone out in the hallway? Yeah. Is that your move the hallway or do you do the office? Or do you go, do you have like another teacher that you dean, send Dean, like go to the dean. It would be the hallway, yeah. My general rule of thumb is like don't bother admin. <laughs> don't send kids down there because they're yeah. busy and they're not going to probably want to deal with it. I mean, obviously there's moments where you have to. But yeah, as best as I can, I try to, if, it, if necessary, I'll take them out in the hallway and try to have a conversation. But you know, that's like easily my least favorite part of the job. Whenever I would get sent out to the hallway, I yeah. would get so fucking embarrassed. I never got sent out. I'd go, mm. I, I go to different classrooms. They'd send Oh, us, they send you to a different teacher? Yeah, and then you just sit there. I've heard of that. That's I can't weird. imagine like saying, "Hey," because uh, now you're just interrupting another class. Right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, Go bother them. Yeah. Right. No, for real. I mean, I can't imagine saying like, "Oh, uh, this student who's like causing me trouble." Go, other teacher, you deal with it now. Like, yes, yeah. I would never, never ask that. But <laughs> wow. Why would you get sent into the hallway? I don't know. I actually wasn't that bad of a kid. I wasn't a bad kid at all. I, I was, you know, obnoxious and loud, and I would make unnecessary comments sometimes but that was really it i was it was never to it was never malicious yeah i think that like kind of the art of being a teacher and especially like at the high school level like kids are kids they're gonna yeah be goofballs some days and so you have to like kind of I, I think if you meet every instance of like a comment that's unnecessary to put it your way and you every time you're like hey stop talking or whatever like that's not gonna go over well you yeah. kind of have to like you know bring them into the conversation and stuff so do you yeah. need a hall pass to go through the school? Technically, yes. Bathroom pass too? Uh, a hall pass, bathroom pass are interchangeable. We used to have, we used to have this big uh, like wooden plank that would have our room number painted on it. Uh, that pre-COVID, you would you say like, oh, you take the plank with you, and this thing is so nasty looking because inevitably you go to the bathroom and you like leave it on the floor or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And like the hand grip where people would hold it is like Ugh. completely discolored and stuff. And so in the post-COVID world, people have realized like that's kind of disgusting. So then we just give like individual slips of paper. But are you friends with um, any of the other teachers? Yeah, 
You are? Okay. Yeah, for sure. I, I was really fortunate. Uh, in the place I got hired, I got hired at the same time as a couple of other younger, newer teachers. So um, it really felt kind of like a like a cohort of sorts, like we're coming up together or are coming up together. Um, so yeah, definitely. But the whole department has been super welcoming. And I've always been curious as a teacher, do you have to work a lot of hours after school? Yeah. A hundred percent. That's like the tough thing about being a teacher is to do the job. You have to work outside of your contracted hours because it's as, as if you're giving a presentation every day. Uh, and if you're giving a presentation, like you don't have time, I don't have time during the, the class period to prepare what I'm going to say. I have right. to be ready to go. And the only time to do that is outside of the classroom. Does it ever get repetitive? I mean, if you have eight periods, right? Yeah. And like on the eighth period, you're like, oh, come on, man. You know, like. Yeah. Not repetitive. Uh, I didn't find it repetitive. So last year I taught all 10th grade world history. So it was the same class six times in a row. Um, and that was the big thing. Everyone, everyone I would talk to, even other teachers were saying like, oh man, like that's going to be brutal, you know, trying to do the same thing six times. But each class, each group of students is so uniquely different that it really does feel like a different experience every time, even if technically I'm talking about the same stuff, you know, wow. cause you got certain kids that ask different questions and you know, certain classes are kind of. Uh, crazier than others so it's a completely different experience each time so would you say world, world war ii is your favorite thing to teach or do you have a different era that you like better than world war II? yeah i really like um probably I, I would include the world wars in general like from the uh you know 1900 up until like 1945 and takes you from world war one to the interwar era to world war ii i think that's probably my favorite which is a really basic answer i wish i had something more interesting but that world wars are inherently interesting to learn about are you into uh, the spartan era i am not familiar and i'll tell you why i have a good reason for why i'm absolutely not an expert on that um it's because in high school your history classes uh basically cover from like 1700 to the modern era the like more uh, ancient okay. stuff is middle school era or uh, middle school level oh wow yeah so oh, you I... learn about like the egyptians and stuff in like sixth and seventh grade oh and wow i mean i mean technically for u.s history we're supposed to basically skip or go really quickly over like american revolution through civil war and start right after the civil war um and focus primarily on like the modern stuff um or more modern stuff so, wow. Yeah. But you, you're a Spartan era fan? Yeah, I love the Spartan era. Mm. Yeah. Do you do, like, research on your own, or, like, how do you get into yeah, it? Yeah, just um, I've done research on my own, and uh, my brand, Zila, mm -hmm. uh, our logo is supposed to represent a uh, Spartan spear. Oh, no way. Yeah, so I uh, know I've done, um, I mean, just Greek mythology in general. For sure. Oh, uh, video game recommendation off that. You ever play Hades? No. Uh, it's all about like Greek mythology. You're essentially trying to escape the, uh, the underworld um, and, you know, all your classic, uh, you know, um, Greek gods you'll meet along the way. Fantastic game. Highly recommend it. It's called Hades? Hades, yeah. What, uh, what year is it from? 2019, I think. Oh, so it's like newer. Yeah. I think it won game of the year in huh. 20, or it was in conversation. It's yeah, no, critically I, acclaimed. I'll look at it for sure. I love that shit. All platforms, yeah. You, you like it. Assassin's Creed? Um, I, so when I first got my PlayStation five, that was the first game I bought was, um, what's the newest one? The Viking one, mm -hmm. whatever the one that one is. Um, Van and Hala. 
Yeah, Valhalla. Yeah, I had a hard time getting into it, but I I did play them when I was a kid and liked them better. So I got to go back and try it. It's funny during U.S. history, we were being uh, we were learning about the uh, the Boston Tea Party and like that whole era. Mm -hmm. And one of the Assassin's Creeds, one of the Assassin's Creed games, is exactly that era. So what would happen is I would learn something at school mm-hmm. and it would immediately be applied in the video game. Yeah. And I come back and be like, I talk to my teacher be like, look, I fucking played this. You know, yeah, I, I, yeah. I played what you taught me yesterday. That's it was, awesome. It was the coolest thing. I lived I, it. Yeah. I lived it. <laughs> I experienced it. Yeah. I had a student when, uh, when we were in COVID learning and on the computer, um, ta- I was talking about Napoleon and I guess maybe, you know, uh, there's an Assassin's Creed game where you might meet Napoleon or I think so. talk to yeah. Napoleon or whatever. But um, sure. yeah, I was like talking about him and he like sent in the chat like, oh my God, this is just like Assassin's Creed, whatever. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I mean, that's dope. That's how you, you get into it uh, is, you yeah. know, you have the, the fun stuff. And then as you get older, you can start diving into uh, some more of the details. But that's super cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It was, uh, it yeah. was my pleasure. Yeah. Do you have any other history, quick history facts? Uh Oh my gosh. Anecdotes? In the Great Depression, you know, the Dust Bowl era? Where yeah, like, 1920s? Uh, 30s, 30s. But yeah, right going into the 30s, you have the Dust Bowl, which is like where half the country is in drought and like farms. Famine are, and shit. Yeah, famine yeah. are drying up. It like just added to the problems of the Great Depression. Um, I don't know why, but apparently because of a lack of rainfall and a lack of crops, natural predators uh, that usually would like keep jackrabbit populations in check would die and so jackrabbits started just getting out of control like millions of jackrabbits across the midwest and kansas would host jackrabbit drives where they would encourage people to go around and like kill as many jackrabbits as possible so that they wouldn't eat their crops you can go online and like look this up and there's like pictures of people and there are hundreds of rabbits hanging off the back of their trucks and stuff and what's worse this is a little gross but what's worse is uh you know, bullets are expensive and it's the Great Depression. So people would often not use guns, but just like go around and like beat rabbits to <laughs> oh death to kill them. So there's a nice uplifting fun fact for you. <laughs> wow. Shout history out lightweights. Yeah. History is great. Wow. So fun. It's so crazy <laughs> how much the average person doesn't know about history. Sure. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. It's yeah. fucking nuts. Uh, I I have a uh, my history quiz. I know we're at forty five minutes, but uh, we could let's test, do it. Test you guys real quick. Yeah, sure. Oh got, yeah, why haven't we done that yet? Yeah, hundred percent. I've got ten questions. I mean, we can use as many of them as you want. Okay. Um, some of these are like a little more trivia style, and some of them were lifted like straight from the test that I would give my tenth and eleventh graders. So tenth grade. Okay. So we'll see how how much. I think you I checked remember. out at eleven. I think I checked out middle school. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's see. Uh, Question one, which of the following was not an original member of the 13 colonies? Ooh. Uh, A, Pennsylvania. B, Delaware. C, New Hampshire. D, Vermont. Vermont. I'm going to say... You got to say what you were going to say. I should have you write it down so you don't influence each other. I was going to say A just because I don't know, but if it's Vermont, then I'll give it to him. It is Vermont. Woo! How'd you know Dang. that? Because I used to collect those coins, and I feel like Vermont came out later. Dang. The state co- quarters. All right, one zero. That's, That's a good good recall. I have part, this man. whole, um, what's that movie? Slumdog Millionaire Effect, mm. where I know every question. <laughs> uh, two, uh, which person did not sign the Declaration of Independence? Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, John Hancock, Ben Franklin. 
You're so dumb. Look at you trying to think with your peanut brain. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson? <laughs> no, Ben Franklin, you fool. You're both wrong. Damn it. Who, who didn't sign it? <laughs> George Washington did not sign the Declaration of Independence. See, I was going to say that, but then I was like, no way. He's the f- he was there. There's no way he didn't sign it. The, the, John Hancock's. Yeah. That's the John Hancock. Yeah, the John Hancock. Hancock is the easy one. Jefferson basically wrote the thing. Uh, Franklin signed it, and I just learned recently he's 70 years old when he signed it. He was old. 70? 70. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, which at that time, that's like pretty impressive. Um, which of the following states did the U.S. purchase from Russia? Do you actually know? Before Alaska? I read, do you know? It which sounds one? like Alaska. Alaska? It is Alaska. Nice. nice. We both got that one. Nice, nice. All right, this is more trivia. I feel like it's less like history. Uh, which president's on the $50 bill? Oh, Hugh Grant. Who, Grant? What? Ulysses S. Grant. There it is. <laughs> I just did that in my vlog the other day. <laughs> Three, one. You didn't know? No. Okay. Uh, which of the following was the first national park to be established? I can give you choices if you need them. Yeah, choices. Uh, we've got A, Yosemite, B, Grand Canyon, C, Sequoia, D, Yellowstone. I know this one. I'm just going to say you do. I think so. I'm just going to say Sequoia. I think the first one. So, uh, wait, Yosemite yeah. was the first one? Sequoia? Yeah. Both wrong. What Yellowstone. I knew it wasn't Grand Canyon. 1872, Yellowstone is established. Uh-huh. And who started it? Wasn't it Delanor Roosevelt? Or, or a Roosevelt? No, it was um, 72 would have been Grant. You, Grant uh, was the president at the time who would have signed off on that. Wasn't a Roosevelt like a huge Roosevelt, National Park fan? Yes. You're, oh, yeah. You're thinking of Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. But he doesn't come around until uh, early 1900s. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which countries made up the Axis powers in World War II? You got this. World War, World at War fan. Um, Call of Duty the fan. Axis powers were Germany, uh-huh. Japan, uh-huh. Italy. Joe, uh, you want to give me? There's three. That, that was, those are the main yeah, three? Yeah, those are the main three. I was going to say those three, too. So You're correct. Point of peace. Yes. Three, two. All right. Uh, <laughs> Did you not give me a point? No. <laughs> I said all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Which president is famous for stating the only thing we have to fear is fear itself? Ooh. I got choices if you want them. Um, I think the only – it was a World War II president. No? Was not uttered during World War II, but, yes, was a president that existed during World War II, if that makes sense. It's not about World War Two. What are the choices? The choices are. I'll get it once he says it. FDR, Reagan, George W. Bush, or Woodrow Wilson. FDR, Reagan, Reagan. No, F- we're both FDR. Wrong. It's Woodrow Wilson. Nah, FDR. Did I say FDR? You did. Hell yeah! <laughs> you got the point. <laughs> <of it>. Three three. <laughs> <laughs> Tie game. All right. Uh, three questions left here. Uh, which war was the longest in U.S. history? You got Spanish American War, you the got Cold World War Two, you got War in Afghanistan, you got War in Vietnam. Fuck, that wasn't even an option. Wasn't the Hundred Year War? What about the Hundred Year War? That was not America. US. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Just testing. Yeah. Um, Afghan War. What were the options, options again? Uh, we got World War Two, Spanish American War, War in Afghanistan, War in Vietnam. Afghanistan. Afghanistan, I say too. Point of peace. You got it. Yeah, it was four, Vietnam. Four. I am sweating. How much is this for? 5000 <laughs> yeah. It was Vietnam until the war in Afghanistan ended at the end of last year. What, when was the last time we dropped an atomic bomb used as a weapon of war? So, like, not a test, but used it in anger. 1945. Yes. Not Hiroshima, the other one. You are correct. 1945, Nagasaki. 5-5. Five, five. Okay, yeah. we got to have a tiebreaker here. All right. We got one question left. What is the name of our country? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
how many years of history or social science is required to graduate high school in California? Three. Four. Oh, that's not fair. I'm from New Jersey. Wait, in California? In California. I'm just going to say three. I'll say four to change it. And we have a winner. <gasps> and the winner is... Please. Ilio. No! Oh, God. <laughs> Hell yeah. So you could drop out in 11th grade and still get it? So you need to take world history, U.S. history, and civics. Uh, like government econ, which you usually take in 12th grade. Wow. wow. Yeah. Cool. Thanks so much Hell for coming yeah. on, Mr. Yeah, w. It was so, Thanks, so fun. Dude. So fun. Appreciate it. Yeah, that flew by. Yeah, it did. Thanks, man. Cool. Of course. Lightweights. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.